Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched Elimination Chamber 2018. That's WWE's second pay-per-view of the year, and I was there in person at the T-Mobile Arena to watch it, and I had a whole lot of fun. Um, the night before, there was a house show, a SmackDown live event in Denver at the Pepsi Center um, that I went to with Matt and Aaron. And that was a lot of fun. And I felt like uh, it, it might not be a direct comparison. Uh, hard to compare a live event to a pay-per-view as far as the people that would go to it in the first place. Because um, there weren't as many people as you might imagine. Um, but uh, probably more dedicated um, on a... Uh, there's a there's a higher ratio of dedicated fans who are really there to have fun watching the matches than necessarily, oh, they've got Illumination Chamber in town. I don't really normally watch the show much or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I don't know if that makes a difference either. If that was the difference that made this... What I'm trying to say is that it was a night and day difference between the two audiences... That everybody was into every single match. Even the even Sin Cara versus Mike Kanellis at uh, the SmackDown event in Denver. Uh, everybody was was into it. They're engaged, even though they didn't necessarily like uh, Mike Kanellis, especially. But we were still way into it. He was doing stuff with his jacket that had Maria's face painted on the back and all all that kind of thing. And it was a lot of fun. Whereas, if anything wasn't absolutely the most important thing ever in the world, the crowds wouldn't even give the matches a chance. They wouldn't try to to watch and enjoy what they're doing. And I, I felt trapped to it not actually paying attention um, in Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt when they were doing some really cool stuff. Um, but I'm sure I missed a bunch of it because freaking crowd is garbage and, uh, has beach ball after beach ball. I think there were like three beach balls on the, the TV side. And then once all those, uh, were eventually confiscated, then he had them doing the wave and everybody was doing it almost everybody i did not participate in that um and there were a few people who all also did not but there's so many i mean you have to have a certain percentage of people do it for it to to sustain like it did um i kind of appreciated that uh matt tried to integrate it into what he was doing at one point he was up on the uh, up on the post climbing up the ropes and then he like formed his hands uh as if he was pushing the wave across the arena um but he shouldn't have had to even worry about having how, how to interact with that or anything because <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous yeah yes yes i thought this this feud i don't even know what's going on because they haven't as far as I know, nothing has even happened in the last few weeks. And according to the video package that was shown beforehand to get me caught up, 
I was already caught up because nothing has happened in the last couple of weeks. So I haven't actually missed anything, but, uh, you know, I, I was still, I still wanted to see what happened in it. It even started with a very interesting, um, teleportation type trick where Matt Hardy disappeared when Bray was trying to do his appearing thing. And uh, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. It was way better than projections of maggots, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, this crowd sucked so so much. Um, and I, I that that's the only thing I really did not enjoy about um, about being at the event. And uh, watching on TV probably wasn't all that fun either or um it sounded like uh the the crowd noise was turned down a whole lot um but yeah yeah there were jeff hardy chants there were beach ball chants um pretty much anytime anybody was in the ring that people would try to chant for somebody else um there was one guy in particular right behind me who thought he was the funniest person in the world and um it it was not very much um and then continued like humorous conversation with his friends in the same loudness of voice that he's doing for this stuff that is that was trying to be funny for the crowd or whatever. I, I don't know probably probably inebriated in some fashion but anyhow let's talk about what actually happened in, in the events um because i i did like all of its um, and I think it also really helps. I think I talked about this, that I, I set my standard to Roman Reigns winning. And then if anything else happens, then it's a bonus. Um, because even with that end result, there's most likely going to be some, some good stuff happening along the way, some great moments and all of that. Um, and I forget exactly what my predictions were. Um, I did not do very well on them. I thought I was off to a great start, especially at the beginning of the the men's uh, chamber match. Um, but uh, it, my predictions, especially for the women's elimination chamber, were mostly based on what I would really, really have liked to have seen. But I was happy with how the the women's elimination chamber match ended anyway. Especially after the, the performance that all of them had in this match. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. On the kickoff show, we had Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus The Miz, Taraj, Bo Dallas, and Kurt Axel. Curtis Axel, sorry. Um, and uh, the club, they won. And, uh, yeah, this, this match was pretty fun. And I liked that there was uh, a nerd chant that was initiated, uh, but little did I know that that was the the last time that I was appreciative of something new from this audience. Um, but but yeah, that is it was pretty good for a kickoff show. It got me going pretty well. It seemed to have gotten the crowd going pretty well. We started with the Miztourage coming out with their gold shiny jackets, which was kind of great. And then uh, everybody went wild for Gallows and Anderson coming out. And the two suites all over the place. Um, 
the the show itself after the kickoff we started with the women's elimination chamber match and holy crap this is awesome i enjoyed it so so much and i i didn't really think about what i thought would actually happen in there what kind of things um any of them would do who would do those things um and it, it was great uh some of my favorite moments was a a flip into the wall and then another great Sonya Deville moment was uh did she who did she take down I think it was Bailey um took her down with a a spear tackle type type maneuver uh and it was yeah that was that was awesome that was great uh from the angle where my seat was, that one I did have to to look up at the uh, jumbotron to to see what was going on. Um, speaking of the jumbotron, luckily they fixed this, and I'm glad that the, on the side that I was sitting on. So I was sitting opposite of the entrance ramp, and um, for a while there, the the jumbotron was not displaying well before this uh in during the kickoff show mistrage versus versus the club um uh, originally they had all of the the screens um displaying full image because it's kind of like a square display and so with a 16 by 9 uh presentation and you get the 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 images cropped and they i guess they tried to fix that but they ended up showing both at the same time which was really weird um it wasn't i mean at, at least there was picture right but uh then during the first segment of the eliminate uh the women's elimination chamber um so with uh sasha and bailey starting out no it wasn't sasha and bailey it was um bailey and Mandy, I think, started the match. Is that right? Um, no, no, sorry. It was um, it was uh, Sonya Deville and Bailey. They they started the match. Anyway, um, they uh, th- there was nothing on the jumbotron at all, just the elimination chamber graphic. So luckily, after the first. Um, overhead random spots generator um, selected the next entrant who was Mandy Rose um, then they, the the screens went back to normal but what I thought was fortunate what I appreciated was that uh, the screen on um, on my side was the 16 by 9 letterbox so you had bars on the top and bottom with the Illumination Chamber logo stuff um, so you could see the the whole picture and i didn't notice if later on the other uh screen got switched to that as well but um at least at first they were they still had that full screen image which i wouldn't have enjoyed as much because a lot of times you have people on opposite ends of the ring or stuff like that that they'd uh end up just being cut off from the image entirely um so anyway uh couple of great Sonya Deville moments um I didn't take notes or anything so all of this is from memory um it was all it was a quick trip I basically flew out there 
couple hours before the show and then uh flew back early the next morning and uh i'm i'm uh, still still kind of kind of sleepy i'm recording this as the next night's raw is taking place okay uh all kinds of awesome stuff from uh from bailey from sasha banks from mandy rose from sonny deville then we had mickey james she climbs up on top of the, one of the pods um jumps down onto uh who did she jump out she jumped down onto sonia deville um from up there and eliminated her so um mandy rose had already been eliminated um by sasha banks and uh, mickey james took care of sonia deville but then bailey quickly took care of mickey james after that um after hitting a bailey to belly on her 25 seconds later so i think that was the quickest time between two eliminations on this night let's see looking at the times here uh yeah yeah that was the fastest between the two all right so at this point alexa bliss had not entered the match yet and mickey james was kind of her ticket to to cruise on past all the competition and uh have the the upper hand on everybody but when it's time for alexa to enter it's bailey and sasha in the ring waiting for her a triple threat effectively well a triple threat elimination match effectively to determine the new raw women's champion between the three of them or the retaining raw women's champion um she does the whole like running away thing, climbing, climbing up and uh, getting away from both of her competitors, and uh, it was it was pretty fun and uh, kind of what we expected. But when things got down to it, she laid in some great offense, and I think the the big mistake that was made by Sasha because it really wasn't all of that effective um, was turning on Bailey. Like they could have just gotten rid of alexa from the equation if they had both gotten up on top of that pod and then uh laid a, a barrage of attacks onto alexa from above and alexa would be, be obliterated but instead sasha kicks bailey off of the pod down onto the 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 outer floor and uh yeah it didn't really help really help her i guess he could say that bailey was eliminated at some point but again how does that help sasha um but anyway uh the the highlights from this point on in the match were some incredible offense from from alexa bliss uh we had especially the twisted bliss off the top of a pod I thought that since we saw Twisted Bliss off of the the ring post, um, it was countered by getting those knees up. Sasha got her knees up, and it it looked pretty painful. Um, I thought since we saw her do it there, that was it. That was the only Twisted Bliss that we're going to get. But no, Alexa did not disappoint. She she performed it off of the top of a pod. onto both bailey and sasha um but uh yeah 
Yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, she also was able to finish the match um, after Bailey was was uh, eliminated via roll up um, by hitting a draping DDT on Sasha Banks, which I I'm not sure I've seen her do that before. She's hit a regular DDT, absolutely, but I don't think she's hit a draping DDT. Um, at least not on, on television. So Alexa Bliss, still Raw Women's Champion. She uh, gets interviewed by Renee. about. Uh, she talks about how your dreams, follow your dreams, it can come true. She's been uh, wanting this since she was a little girl, blah, blah, blah. And Sasha is sitting there just outside of the, the, the cage door, the chamber door. Um, oh, they, they could have something to do with the Raven. Knock, knock, knock on my chamber door. Um, quote the Raven, nevermore, etc. Um, I guess they would actually need Raven to be able to do that. Has, has he ever been involved with these chamber doors? Um, anyway, uh, the crowd is getting into it. She got some you deserve it chance, which I thought was kind of weird, but, um, and she turns it around and uh it was it was it was all a facade she's making fun of sasha banks usual words and um yeah it was it was it was great so i thought on this night alexa bliss showed every aspect that would make one worthy of being a champion and uh, i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot and you know what I'm realizing now is that this entire pay-per-view, not a single dirty finish. Everything was legit. Everybody ended a match with uh, a submission or a, a a clean pen. There wasn't any interference by other people. No Miz Taraj help uh, for the Miz. No funny business to help Alexa win. Uh, no interference in Nia Jax versus Asuka to prevent Nia Jax from getting added to the championship match. Um, that that seemed like a, uh, a popular theory. But uh, yeah, none of that happened. Everything was, uh, you know, not the, the best outcome necessarily, but it wasn't done uh via shenanigans and maybe it should have been in one case in the main event um that would have made it a little bit more uh i don't know maybe a little bit more acceptable (laughs) anyway uh the second match of the night well the third match of the night was the bar defending the raw tag team championship against titus worldwide apollo and titus o'neill um this was when the crowd sucked and i've already talked about that to death um i did enjoy what i was able to actually pay attention to in this match uh this was also when the guy behind me that i was talking about started to uh make all of the very very funny and smart newsflash neither is true i am glad that the bar retained their championship um it's what i kind of figured would happen 
because uh, we have WrestleMania coming up. They're going to defend against somebody on there. Um, they, they just need somebody to fight in the meantime to get us to to next month and Seth and everybody else he could possibly be partnered with um, was already involved in this Elimination Chamber match tonight. The sentiment seems to be I'm sick of seeing Seth fight the bar with whoever he's tag- tagged with. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I kind of I, I don't mind that. It does kind of make it a little interesting that he keeps trying to go after this tag team championship and he has to keep finding more partners um, since he is the one he's, he is the last person to hold that championship before the the, the bar won it back. Um, so it, it does kind of make sense for him to, to desire having those championships again with whoever he can work with, whether it's Roman or Jason Jordan or um i guess those are the the main those are the two people he's teamed up with next but maybe next we see him team up with finn balor but more likely i think we could see a prominent tag team or prominent stable even come up from nxt after wrestlemania to at least one tag team for raw and one for smackdown um if we end up getting bludgeon brothers versus the usos on over on smackdown um at wrestlemania um then they they need somebody big to go up against them and authors of pain could bring the pain to the bludgeon brothers um meanwhile over on raw uh we have the women's division on fire and they could use even more fire with a certain Nikki Cross and the rest of Sanity taking over the, the tag team division and challenging uh, the bar or the club. Could be going up against the club if they, they win at WrestleMania. Or the Revival or whoever ends up being champion by that point. Alternatively, uh, the Undisputed Era would also be awesome, um, but uh, I don't know. They they are the current tag team champions, and uh, I guess it depends on what happens at TakeOver New Orleans. But I, I'm getting wrapped up too much into speculation here. Cesaro and Sheamus are still the Raw t- tag team champions. Up next, we had Asuka versus Nia Jax. I am relieved... That Asuka is still undefeated, um, and she won with that, uh, the, that like that, whatever you call it, that takedown uh, armbar. And afterwards, Nia Jax is not happy about this loss, um, and this is the first inkling of uh, not the first inkling because all the stuff from the the women's elimination chamber match is part of this too. Um, that this show is kind of like a fractal in a way. And what I mean by that is that uh, you can take smaller parts of it and it is kind of like a condensed version of the, the entire show or other parts of the show that uh, have similar shapes or use similar elements. And uh, it is more so in this than any other pay-per-view that, I mean, the the fact that it made me think of it, 
it definitely could be applied to others, especially the Royal Rumble, but it's not as pronounced as this one. There's a lot of exact things that happens twice or more. And I don't mean that as a negative thing. I thought it was interesting that they could do that. And because of the, the, the slight differences around those pieces that uh, they, they, they serve different functions. And uh, even though it was like kind of the same thing, we already saw less than a couple hours before it was, it was still enjoyable. It was still entertaining. Uh, so that, that piece from this match is that after Asuka defeated Nia Jax, Nia Jax was not happy about it. And she just plows Asuka right through the barrier into the, the timekeeper's area and just destroys her with that single attack. Uh, this type of thing is repeated later on. Uh, so jumping ahead and spoilers, Roman Reigns defeats Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun Strowman is the last remaining competitor for Roman Reigns to pin. He's the only competitor that Roman Reigns pins. Um, otherwise, Braun Strowman pinned every single other competitor. He had five eliminations out of possible six. Um, but uh, Braun, understandably, was not happy about that loss and uh, did something fairly similar, driving Roman Reigns through one of the, the pod walls um, after after uh, running Power Slam and, and some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, they're similar retaliation for what's in the mind of the monster was an un, unjust loss to this puny opponent who who doesn't even have enough strength to be able to fight back after the match is over something like that i don't know um but yeah yeah they're, they're like the exact same thing but they're different enough and they have a different enough context that it was still entertaining both times Although I will say the the only thing I was really disappointed in is the relatively low level of structural destruction in the main events. We had two pods that were busted into um, one during the match that uh, Braun Strowman got sent through a, a pod wall. And then after the match that Roman Reigns was sent through a pod wall. But that was it. We didn't have like a wall of the chamber get torn apart. Uh, it could have had like chains ripped out of the chamber wall or something like that. But it was uh, kind of the equivalent of of somebody pulling the, the steel steps apart in a regular match. It's like, yeah, things got messed up. Somebody got run ran into that thing but it's not really that much destruction it's not it's not that difficult to to replace that or to fix that whereas an actual wall getting torn down or uh, a table getting uh, an announcer's table getting smashed or the the, the barrier getting smashed um going out into the timekeeper's area and, and into the audience that has more weight to it especially because the thing he was smashing through 
is John Cena like that you can't see it. It's a it's a clear piece of plastic, so it doesn't have that impact other than the sound of it. Like yeah, you have solid objects that you can't see through. Smash through those, and it's a more it's a more effective, more impressive, more devastating. I think. But yeah, that was my only disappointment <laughs> is that there wasn't more destruction in that main event match. Um, oh wait, then we had Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. I already talked about all this. Uh, Matt Hardy won. I think that I predicted that Bray Wyatt would win, but that was based off of absolutely nothing. Um, but as it turned out, it was based on as much as information that I would have needed to really make that prediction anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I assume that we'll see more between these two develop and we'll see what happens going forward. Um, at some point during this, this night, uh, it was announced that at the long beach, new Japan pro wrestling strong style evolved show that we're going to see the golden lovers versus the young bucks. And that is friggin' awesome. I am so, so excited. I've mentioned this before. I am going to that show and it's going to be great because we also have Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger. And I, you know, whatever else they have on the card that night, um, it's going to be one hell of a show. Okay, let's get back to the Elimination Chamber. I pretty much summed up everything here, but uh, let's talk a little bit more about this fractal idea that um, we had a lot of the same things that Alexa did um, that either The Miz did earlier in the match, uh, just in general running away, trying to stay safe, um, but also Elias pulled off some of the things. When the, the pod initially opened for Alexa, she and clawed to keep that chamber door from opening up uh but bailey and sasha were there to pry it open and uh that's uh prompted alexa to climb up and try to escape them she's cornered she's between two hard places and uh a descent into the the third hard place wait which part would be the rock there's two rocks and a hard place the hard place being the ground i think right maybe um and uh yeah all those antics uh very similarly uh but different because there was nobody eliminated at this point when the final entrant into the men's elimination chamber elias his pod door opened uh and to enter the match at that point would mean going face to face with braun Strowman, while all the other five guys are laid out scattered strewn about the ring and uh Elias just very calmly slides the door back closed and as he's doing that the four other guys actually I think the Miz may have been eliminated at this point but everybody who was laid out in the ring they are now on their feet and ready to take on the monster among men and uh yeah i thought that that was awesome it was but it was the exact same thing that alexa did 
basically, except the reaction to it was different, and it was a, a setup for a different bit. And uh, that, that was pretty great. Um, there are other examples of this throughout. Um, and then, of course, the, the Illumination Chamber match itself is like a microcosm of the whole show that had its up and, ups and downs and ultimately ended the same way the show ended with people very, very mad that Roman Reigns won. But then somewhat okay with it because uh, you get Braunstrom and destroying Roman, leaving him in a heap. And that reminds me, I totally forgot uh, because it wasn't a match, so it wasn't on this list of matches. We had Ronda Rousey sign her WWE contract with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Kurt Angle out there to welcome her to the WWE. But Kurt... He, he has something on his mind when they're uh, doing their thing. And uh, he, he finally can't keep his mouth shut anymore. He has to let Rhonda know what uh, these two have been saying about her. That, uh, yeah, now we own her. And um, even I could take her in a fight because she's a has-been and all of that. And uh, Stephanie and Triple H, they're, they're not thrilled about that. And Ronda Rousey is really not thrilled about that. And she, um, slams Triple H through the table. Uh, Stephanie McMahon slaps her and, uh, she gets out of there before Ronda can completely mess her up. Uh, but she does eventually sign that contract. No frills, no special treatment. She doesn't just automatically get a championship match or anything like that. Um, but I guess it's looking like she might take Stephanie up on her words or that Kurt Angle might have the power as general manager say, Hey, you said you could take her in a fight. So let's make that match happen. I'm interested to see where all this goes. Um, it is kind of a relief that we're not going to see ronda rousey in a championship match at wrestlemania yet um that we're gonna get uh oscar challenge whoever she she still has the option to go after alexa or charlotte or ruby Riot if ruby defeats charlotte at Fastlane. now i was kind of worried that uh with ronda rousey in the mix that kind of eliminates the possibility of Carmella cashing in on anybody because it doesn't really make sense um, coming out of whatever matches that might mean. But now we could see Ruby Riot as champion going into WrestleMania, um, a rematch against Charlotte perhaps, and Asuka challenging Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, and then uh, Carmella afterwards cashes in, or maybe not even afterwards, maybe during the SmackDown Women's Championship match, she cashes in and doesn't even pin Charlotte. She pins Ruby Riot, and then we have a setup there for Charlotte to get her championship back from Carmella. By the way, uh, going back to Saturday night at the Pepsi Center, um, we had a six-woman tag team match uh, between the Riot Squad and the Charlotte Squad. And it, it was great. There was some great stuff going on in this match. Stuff that I don't think they, they've done on television. I think we had Sarah Logan throw Ruby Riot into somebody else. The kind of thing that heavy machinery does. 
over on NXT. That was pretty awesome. And uh, we had another great instance of Sarah Logan just taking a natural selection right into the ground, um, totally destroying her. Um, that was that was awesome to see in person. Uh, but yeah, that was one of my fa- that was one of my favorite matches of the the live event on Saturday was the six woman tag team match. Um, we d- there was no sign of Carmella. We didn't see Carmella at all. I was disappointed in that. We also didn't see Natalia. It would have been fun to see those two in an, in an additional match later or earlier in the night. Um, but uh, what we did get to see of these six in this tag team match was pretty great. There was a fatal four-way tag team match to open the night. Uh, between the champions, the Usos, uh, Rusev Day, the New Day, and American Alpha Day, um, and uh, yeah, that that match was pretty 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 solid too. And the 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 night ended with a fatal four way for the WWE Championship. So his book ended fatal four ways. Um, AJ Styles defended his championship successfully. Against AJ, against AJ Styles, AJ Styles, and AJ Styles. That was uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin. Uh, that was kind of a, a nice surprise, I guess, that it wasn't just the two-on-one handicap match as it was advertised. Um, I was like, yeah, that's going to be kind of the same thing that we saw already at uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, but to be a fatal four-way, we got some some more variety in there. A bit of a preview of what's to come at Fastlane. Um, just no Dolph Ziggler in there. Uh, instead, Dolph Ziggler fought Shinsuke Nakamura, and that that was a that was a really fun match. It was Shinsuke's birthday, and there's all kinds of shenanigans involved around that. And uh, there's there were some aggressively pro Ziggler fans around me. And if you follow me on Twitter, I am just kind of repeating <laughs> things that I tweeted, but um, yeah, there's long, loud, sustained, let's go Ziggler chance. And I was baffled. I was baffled. But it was the fun kind of thing. There's also a guy and I appreciate that he only did it during this match. Uh, Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal. He kept screaming like, Bobby! Bobby! Get off your knees, Bobby! It was so funny. Um, I have a video clip that you can hear him yelling that stuff. And, uh, yeah, if he had been doing that the entire night, it would have gotten pretty annoying, but it was only for this match. He was so... I, you know, I'm I'm actually not sure if he was rooting for or against Bobby. Um, he was also yelling for Jindy to do stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that because he wasn't yelling stuff like calling people by their real names and, uh, oh, nobody likes Cleveland, Ohio, and really dumb stuff like that, uh, like the next night. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, for me, a lot of my memories are going to be this guy saying the the smarkiest stuff that's so annoying and uh, the same probably for a lot of the people around me. So I- anyway, 
enough about that. I keep going back to that, and that that that's the that's the thing about it is that it is what's sticking with me a lot, and I don't I don't enjoy that part of it. So hopefully the crowd in Cleveland is uh, on fire and into all the matches. Even though yeah, SmackDown is weird. It's it's not the the shining example of awesomeness that it was. A mere year ago, well, maybe a little bit more than that, but uh, anyway, let's talk about that later when the time comes. Those are my thoughts on Elimination Chamber. I enjoyed it overall. I am not disappointed in any of the wins or losses, and I think overall it, it just makes wwe more enjoyable if if you just give in and like roman reigns a little bit you're like yeah that's fine that's fine if he wins stuff let me just find other stuff to enjoy about what's happening here like smash things getting smashed elias i didn't even talk about elias singing and opening the entire night that was great i wore my walking with elias shirt is his first tour shirt. I need to get his new tour shirt, which is just walk with Elias. And of course, I'm sure it has Las Vegas on the back and whatever other shows I end up seeing him in the near future. Um, yeah, he was, he was a shining beacon of, of light throughout, through the night. The crowd being as into and against him as they were actually did serve that segment well and i enjoyed it uh so anyway that's it for tonight for elimination chamber stay tuned for my thoughts on this coming week week nine two weeks out from fast lane and then another four weeks until wrestlemania things are heating up and i'm getting more and more excited so let me know what you thought about Elimination Chamber by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back for week nine of WWE 2018. Bye.